This morning, we're getting to this um, part in John um, that John actually calls um, the second sign um, that Jesus performs. And interestingly, he does it in the same place um, that he performs um, the first sign. Um, So please now give your attention to these words um, from the Gospel of John um, in the fourth chapter. After the two days, he left for Galilee. And now Jesus himself had pointed out that prophets have no honor in their own country. And when he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. And they had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, for they also had been there. Once more he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and to heal his son, who was close to death. Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal official said, sir, come down before my child dies. Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. And while, they were, while he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. And when he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. And so he and his whole household believed. This was the second sign Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. Well, I don't know how many of you have met my wife, but she's pretty wonderful, right? Anybody? Any, can anybody? Hey, man, thank you. <laughs> thank you. And um, us meeting and getting married was actually like probably for a lot of people a little bit more of a process um, that I had ever thought um, marriage or getting married um, would be. And that's because for a brief time in my life, I had been bamboozled into the whole thinking that there was just one person out there for me, that one particular person that somehow God had prepared, and that magically somehow we had to come together and meet in order for me to find the person that I was supposed to marry. I didn't know um, for a while there that a lot of times things are much more of a process than that. I didn't know that sometimes timing is also important in things in terms of not only who, um, but when. Um, But fortunately, I had a wise university staff worker who told me, Jeff, as I was struggling in my relationship with my girlfriend in college, there's probably not just one person that you could marry. There's probably all kinds of them um, that you could marry and have a wonderful marriage with. The question is, what is God leading you to do now um, in this time um, and in this place? And the reason I was talking to my staff worker about that is because my girlfriend kept pushing for us to get married, and I kept going, run away, run, run away, (laughs) okay? I'm not ready for that. I wasn't ready. But when Angela and I met in Arizona, not Colorado, and as I was older and had figured 
some more of these things out, and it turns out that I was ready. And not only was I ready, but she was ready. She trusted me in a way and that she didn't think that she would trust guys after her relationship with her father. And so those things came together, and we were even able to get married in January because it was in Phoenix and have it be warm and sunny and beautiful for our wedding because things were not only the right person, but the right time and in the right place. And so as we come to this passage in John, I think that that has a lot to tell us about what's going on in this passage and in terms of how we often treat belief um, or faith or what we think that that is or what it does. And so let's take a look at this passage. Jesus has just talked to the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, and then actually decided to, because of um, her response... I mean, the Samaritan's response, spend two days there. So he doesn't just talk to her and then move on. We talked about how that would have been something that most Jewish people never would have considered doing, hanging out with the Samaritans, teaching them. And many of them came to faith because of that. But Jesus then moves on. I'm going back home, in a sense, back to Galilee, back to the place and where people knew him, and as we find out, back to the place where he performed his, as John puts it, his first sign. That was the turning the water into wine. And so we're back in Cana, and even more interestingly, a person, a royal official, we're told, somebody with some kind of authority, some kind of power, comes to Jesus because he's powerless. Powerless to do what really needs to happen, and that is for his son to be made well. And he's interestingly from Capernaum, which actually becomes another place where Jesus goes repeatedly and builds relationship and has friends, and so visits more than once and comes back to, just as he has, um, come back to Capernaum. But this official, this ruler, comes to Jesus, and he says, come with me, come with me to Capernaum, and heal my son, who is near death, who is sick. And because somehow, in this official's thinking, Jesus' physical presence there with his son is somehow necessary in order for his son to be healed. And so he's appealing to him, come and heal my son. And Jesus speaking, I don't think just to this official, but to the people all around, says, unless you see signs and wonders, unless you see something amazing happen, you won't believe. But then he says to the official, go, go, your son is healed. And in the NIV, it says that that official took Jesus at his word. In other translations, it says that he believed. But what did he believe? We take that to mean that somehow he believed that his son was healed. 
I think that what John was really trying to get at is that he believed, okay, he doesn't need to come and be there in order for this to happen. It can happen just with a word, which is one of the things that John is getting us to see about Jesus and who Jesus is. All it takes is a word from the creator for things to come to life or for things to be brought to new life and for healing and wholeness to happen. But we so often are hoodwinked into somehow thinking that our belief gets God to do stuff. Hey, if you just could muster up enough belief, then God will respond and act. And that's actually a very pagan understanding of who God is and how God works. That we can somehow manipulate God by what we do or don't do, and that if we just do or don't do the right things or have enough of something, or if we don't have enough of something, then somehow God will or won't respond or to act. But in this passage, I think that we learn that belief does not function that way. Belief is far more about being in the right place and at the right time. And learning how to be in that right place at that right time for the reason of knowing more and more deeply who Jesus is and what Jesus is about and what Jesus is doing. Because the second time we are told that the official believes is when he realizes that the exact hour that that word, that creative word from Jesus was spoken was when his son was healed. And now he not only believes, because belief is a process, that Jesus doesn't need to be physically present in order for that, the healing to happen, but that something far bigger is happening as well. And the reason that we know that is because John tells us that he and his whole household believed, which is a formula we, that we hear throughout the scriptures and especially in Acts, having to do with this kind of faith in Jesus that is about trust, that is about knowing what is really happening in and through Jesus, and then orienting our lives around that. And so what, is, what does the official, at least um, in an inkling, in a beginning, come to believe? And well, there's some hints in the passage as well. The first one is that his son was near what? Was near death. And his son lived. And so one of the things that the official begins, I think, to grasp is that somehow in Jesus, something is happening that even has power over death. And so one of the things that we believe is that in Christ, life is coming 
into the world more and more new life. And that death and the sway that death has over everything is beginning to lose its grip. We often forget that there are forces and powers out there whose whole goal is death and destruction because God's goal is life and healing and wholeness. And so Jesus is able to, with a word, speak healing and life. And this official begins to get that. Jesus is the place where that is beginning to happen. And so belief has to do with realizing that in and through Jesus, the way of life, the way of healing, the way of wholeness is beginning to break into the world. And that there are places then where that life intersects and pushes back and pushes against the death and the destruction and the chaos that we experience all of the time. And so belief becomes about being at those intersections, being in the place where God's life-giving work breaks into the world in different ways and over and over. And the more we know about Jesus, the more we have trust and faith in him, the more we're able to follow so that we can put ourselves into those times and places where life breaks out into the world. And sometimes, even through us, even in us, as we begin to have that belief that that's what's going on in and through Jesus, and that as we follow Jesus, we get in on it, we get to be part of it, and it happens more and more in and through us. And so our faith doesn't make stuff happen. God is doing the stuff already. And he's going to do it whether we believe or not. But what belief and faith does is it puts us in the right place. I'm at the right time. And then wonderful things like a marriage unfold out of that. That brings life and healing and wholeness and significance in all kinds of ways. And so may you be I'm in the right place. I'm at the right time. Because you're following Jesus, who is bringing life into a world of death. May it be so. Amen.